Hey there, thank you so much for listening to Something Super Spiritual. My name is Jeffrey Peck, and I am a psychic medium. If you are seeking conversation with loved ones on the other side, or discussion about spirituality, life after life, and anything in between, join me as we discuss all things spirit. We are collectively experiencing a spiritual awakening right now and recognizing that we are much, much more than we once believed. We don't die and life doesn't end. We are eternal spiritual beings living in this crazy 3D virtual world of existence. Let's talk about it. You guys, this conversation with Savon, oh my stars. My guest today is Savon Champel. Savon has so many pearls of wisdom in this conversation. It is rich. It is rich. And I just wanted to share all of it with you. I, I didn't know how, I didn't know even where, where to begin. And I just couldn't edit any of it out. It's just all so good. It's too good. It's beautiful. We talked for well over two and a half hours. Um, about, I don't know, over 30 minutes of it was personal, but, but so this is, this is a two hour episode. Today's episode one next week will be episode two. And it is really, really good stuff. Savon discusses his journey towards his own spirituality and the divine and really difficult childhood in ways that, uh, well, you'll hear, you'll hear him talk about it. It's just, it's just beautiful. And the experiences he had with his grandmother and a couple nuns that just showed up out of nowhere to help him out. These, these I, he had, he had me, on the edge of my seat, hanging on every word. It was an honor and it was a pleasure to sit with you for over two hours and just, and just talk. We just talked like old friends getting back in touch. You guys, Savon Champel is a spirit and trance medium who resides in the Los Angeles area. And he's been working with spirit and helping people connect to their loved ones and angels for over 20 years. He has a YouTube channel where he shares inspirational videos, healing meditations, and angel oracle card readings. He has studied and trained with many teachers like John Holland, Tony Stockwell, Mavis Patella, and he attended the world-famous Arthur Finley College as well, where he studied spirit and transmediumship. Savon takes a direct but loving and practical approach to his inspirational messages. Very true. His mediumship evidence and readings and his goal is to lead people back to the light within themselves to heal by addressing the deeper needs of their soul and that is so true and it's it's just such a great conversation uh please dm me with any comments questions um dm me on instagram i would be happy to respond next time and uh, i can't wait to have Savon back on. Uh, there's just so much more to talk about with him. So, all right, you guys, enjoy. Oh, thank you. I am too. It's yeah. so good to see you face to face after all these years. I know. I know. Yeah, you know, I we've been following each other for 
so many years. And I thought somewhere along the line, we would have run into each other somewhere by now. Yeah. Um, when I, when I had discovered your social media, I'm pretty sure you were living in San Rafael. I'm almost positive. And really? when was that? How many years ago was that? So I moved back to L.A. five years ago, and that would have been 2015. Okay. So 2014, I was living in San Rafael um, for two years. So from 2012 to 2014, I was in Marin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So where were you in Marin? So I lived in I lived in San Rafael, and then I lived in Mill Valley. Yep. Um, Prior to that, I lived in Mill Valley. Mill Valley, that's I really what I mean. Love yeah. North County. I just love like Marin and Mill yeah. Valley, redwood trees and yes. the water. And it's just so, you know, beautiful and serene. And yeah. So, what took you from up here to LA then? Okay. So, I lived in um, what brought me, I'll, I'll start, go back a little bit. What brought me to Mill Valley was I was living in Noe Valley in San Francisco and I was in a relationship. Okay. And I, things were going good. So I thought we had a beautiful apartment right, right next to Deloas Park. Yeah. Um, it was beautiful. I used to work at Genentech, which is in South San Francisco. It's a huge biotech company. Yes. I did technical writing. I was a systems analyst and did database programming. You know, lots of nerdy stuff, but I made really good money. And my partner at the time, he also worked at Genentech and he was more on the like biochemist lab side of things, but we did really well. Everything looked great on paper. Yeah. We looked cute together. Yeah. But I started really coming into my own spiritually. And I remember going to Hawaii. And this is back when Dorian Virtue was doing her workshops and she was all about the angels and all that. Oh, yeah. And during the workshop, I met another intuitive and they said, you know, you're going to really be stepping into your gifts and you're going to quit your job. And I thought, I thought this person is crazy. They, they don't know what they're talking about. And I literally said to them, I don't know. I, it took me a lot to manifest this job. This is my dream job. Yeah. Finally got the right relationship. And she was like, you know, spirit is just saying, I'm hearing Archangel Michael saying you're really going to expand and you're going to outgrow this job. So that was kind of the seed that planted some things. Yeah. Fast forward, I get back to my job. I'm not happy with the job for some reason. Things aren't flowing. Maybe two months later, I go and I talk to my boss and I'm like, hey, I feel like, you know, I want to do something more and I'm not happy here. And before things really start to crash, because I was doing really well, uh -huh. um, and about to buy out my contract, I was a consultant. I said, I'd rather just quit now and then do what I want instead of my work performance reflecting how I'm feeling. And then you got to fire me. Uh -oh. And she looks at me and she says, I've been waiting on you for the last two months to come in here and tell me that you wanted to do more. She said, I could tell there was a difference when you got back from Hawaii. Yeah. And I've been waiting and she was like, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to do healing work. I want to do readings. I'm being led to really dig deeper into my spirituality. And she was like, you know what? That's where I see you. I don't really see you 
in an office doing project management and technical stuff and being in meetings. I see you doing that and I support you. And she said, as long as I'm here at the company, if you ever want to come back, reach out to me and I'll find something for you. So that was like the first big me taking a step, taking a risk, moving towards like my spiritual purpose. But then in the relationship that I was in, we started growing apart and we started having arguments over things that were just differences in personality, differences in what we valued. And it wasn't anything bad that happened. Right. I think I just started evolving yes. and figuring I really was. And the relationship at the time was no longer going to serve my needs. And it was really hard, but oh. we separated. I moved to Mill Valley because I knew that I needed to be in a space that would really allow me to go deeper within myself. And Mill Valley and a lot of the areas within Marin County offer that. Totally. And that's ended up there. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, Crazy. You know, that's amazing. So, okay. So we have a lot of parallels. So you went to, to see Doreen. I went to see Doreen in, in, in 2008 and nine. I saw her twice out there for her. Wait a eight. minute. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I saw her. Okay. Let me, I'm trying to go back to when I moved. So I was modeling before I moved to San Francisco. And I want to say it was around 29, 30, 30 that I did the workshop. And I think I did it in 2009. And I remember it was around June. Yeah, yeah, it was June. Were you there? In Kona, yeah. In Kona? <laughs> yeah, it was June I, 2009. Wait a minute, you were there? Okay, I'm trying to think. Who else was there? She had Radley with her, Radley, Radley. Valentine. Mm-hmm. Was her and then um, she had- um, Angela, Angela Hartfield. Yes, who just passed not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, just like last year, I think. Yeah. Um, you were there. Yeah. Yeah. I was living in Maui at the time. I was going through my own, my own, my same thing. I mean, I was, I lost everything in 2008 with the mortgage yeah. crisis and financial crisis. And I moved to Maui just to kind of like recover and find myself because I was coming into my own spiritually at that time too. How and do we never cross that? I know. Are you sure you were there? I'm positive. <laughs> okay, let me just, the reason why I'm saying this is because when I got there, I was like, okay, I want to connect with people, but I know that I'm gay and and in this angel thing, where are all the other gay spiritual guys? And I think yeah. there are only one, Far- Farhan Dalla, who I still um, am Facebook friends with, but I was like fishing around because I was looking for community and I'm almost sure if we would have linked up, we would yeah. have been friends and besties. Totally. Totally. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But wasn't was, that a workshop? Like, you know, it changed. It changed my life. I, yeah. you know, um, in November. November of 2008. Well, it actually was April 2008. I called her on her Hay House radio show. Uh-huh. And um, and she did this little, you know, pulled a card for me, did this little reading. And, yeah. and I said, I'm asking the angels to find a way to get me out to your workshop in Hawaii. And 
And she uh -huh. goes, well, keep asking them. Miracles happen. And about literally 15 minutes later, I get an email from Angela. And she says, Doreen just received a message from her angels that they received a message from your angels and you're supposed to be out here. So she's gifting you the entire course. All you need to do is buy an airplane ticket and get out here. And I was like, what? I started sobbing. I just started. Yeah, I just started sobbing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. OK, all right. So, I, I mean, they comped the hotel and everything. So I. At, I. Yeah. I, you know what's funny? Before, seriously, I was sitting here meditating just to get myself grounded. And I kept hearing, you're going to, you and I are going to have a lot of things in common that I didn't realize. I called into During Virtue show on <laughs> Hey, well, <laughs> he was doing something for Tauruses and I got through and I ended up getting a huge discount, which is what allowed me to go. And then when I went, I ended up getting this big upgrade. And the room rate was like super cheap. And then after the course, she gifted me her medium. She was like, you're a medium. You're supposed to be a medium. Oh. If you take it, you can come to my mediumship course. I didn't go at the time. And that's a whole other story. I think I was just afraid and not ready to open that door. Mm. But she it to me and she was like, spirit is telling me you're supposed to be here. And I didn't go. But yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. I then yeah. went through, I was going through an 11-year breakup. I lost everything in the crash. My, I mean, foreclosure, repossession, bankruptcy. I lost, I had nine boxes to my name. How I, old were you? I was 39. Okay. Yeah, I was 39. In terms of like astrology, like they say when you're 30, your Saturn's returning. Yes, yep. But when you hit 40, which I did five years ago, there's something else that happens where your Uranus goes through like it's transit. And then it's like, there's a lot of upheaval and rearrangement in your life. So it's like your Saturn returning on steroids. Totally, <laughs> it's true. Oh, Uranus is open. Ooh. Uh, you know what, I'm not gonna say it, but when I turned 40, oh my God, I thought I was gonna like, it was going to be amazing. Like, yes, I'm 40. I still look young, uh -huh, uh -huh. but I'm 40, right? And, but spiritually speaking, it's, I think what happens is it's just, you're going to the bottom of the barrel and then it takes with it anything that you've set up in your life that has limited you or hasn't really allowed you to move into your fullness. And that's like a hard pill to swallow. Oh. And my relationship when I was 30 and the job because I had this idea that I was going to get a six-figure job you know I grew up poor grew up in the bank and in, in the Bronx so I get this job at this huge company and then I'm dating this guy who's smart he has a BMW I have my cute car we live in Noe Valley it's the super like yes nice neighborhood yes and live next to Dolores Park so everything looked great on paper mm -hmm. but doesn't in alignment with who I really truly was. And so it was, it was really hard, really yeah. hard. So I can only imagine what you went through. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was painful. It was painful. After that was all over, I decided I was going to go spend some time on Maui. 
Yeah. I sold everything under the roof. I went with $7,000 to my name. That's all I had in all my life right in that moment. And um, I just, I lived in a friend's Ohana for about eight months. And yeah. during that eight months, I bawled my brains out every day, every single day. I cried because I was scared. I, you know, my relationship was over. I didn't have anything anymore. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what was next. And, and Angela gets in touch with me. She goes, honey, you know, we're doing another course in June. Come out, stay with me. Stay with me in my house and come out and, and be with us in June. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, I'll come out in June. Thank you. So yeah, and that, that June course saved my life. I mean, I came out of that complete doing a 180. My emotions yeah. were in check. My mental faculties were in check. And I was just like, okay, I'm ready to move forward now. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it was magic. It was just magic. Yeah. And what I, what I love about that, and I'm sure we could trade stories is you can't miss what's for you. No. And I tell all the time you cannot miss what's for you what spirit has for you is for you if you're just available you don't have to be perfect you don't have to like spend it you just gotta relax be open to the signs and be available to where life and the opportunities are coming because they're gonna come mm -hmm. but what's you can't miss it and spirit and and what i'm also learning from my experiences and listening to you is this proof beyond a shadow of a doubt that spirit really does provide? It's not airy-fairy. Spirit does yes. provide. And spirit will leverage other people and their resources to get you to where you need to be or to give you what you've asked or prayed for. And that's what's beautiful about these stories is you're, we're learning that. Totally. So then we to embody that so then we can share that with the people that we're here to serve. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's it's... It's amazing because when when you are in alignment with your soul, when you're in yeah. alignment with your purpose, your spirit, you don't even have to try. It just like it happens, you know, yeah. it just happens. People show up when you need whatever you need and you show up for people when they need whatever you can give. And, and it's just this big. It's beautiful. Just beautiful. Yeah, it is because. I've been talking about this a lot lately online and when you're in alignment, you're, you're balanced, you're connected to yourself, but it also gives you access to all the things, you know, that we associate with the universe or the creator or whatever label you want to give the higher power. Yes. You start to recognize that we're a part of that power. We're a part of that energy. So we're connected to where everything comes from, flows from we're connected to the divine mind to divine abundance to wealth and once we realize that and we start to experience it even in little small ways it just starts to build up on itself and i think that you know when people hear that the first time they're like oh i don't know about that that doesn't make sense but what i like to do is really because of my computer science background is i dig into it and i deconstruct it and i tell people you know, there's something called subconscious correlation and we are electrical energetic beings. And so whatever, when you focus on alignment and focus on gratitude and positivity and use visualization, it's like it reprograms how the mind operates and how the neural pathways fire 
then subconsciously we begin to attract those things. We are drawn to those things. And, you know, it's one of the examples that I'll use is when I say, what's a vegetable that you would associate with a rabbit? What would you say? Carrot. Right. Because you subconsciously and probably consciously associate a carrot with a rabbit. But what if there were other things that you could associate with a rabbit? It's the same thing when people think of love or money or friendship or a career or purpose. It's that what are, what are you correlating with that? And but when you go into alignment and you step into alignment through spiritual practice, positive affirmations, working with your angels, even being open to messages from your loved ones, it starts to rearrange how you think and it gives you access and spirit moves not only through you, but through other people because everything's in alignment and the energy is there. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, right? Yes. Right? And then so we start to realize how powerful we really are. And, and, and one of the things that I like to make sure that I drive home to people, although I'm a medium and I, I help people connect to their loved ones and I connect them with their angels and all that, is I want people to know that the living power that allows mediumship to take place the power of spirit, the power that allows us to connect with angels and be clairvoyant and all these beautiful things exists in all of us through the soul. And once you start to develop a relationship with that, the benefits, the byproduct that comes out of that relationship is purpose, abundance, love, healing, transformation. And people, you start to realize that the power has been within you all along. And, you know, I don't quote the Bible a lot, but I mm -hmm. did grow up religious, but there's a scripture in there that I feel like I'm always trying to chase it to figure out what it means for me. And it's, it's where Jesus says to the people, you know, and you shall do these things also. And he's talking about all these miracles and all these things that he's been able to do through spirit. Yes. And so I feel like I have a responsibility and I'm called to teach people what they can do through their divine connection with spirit and what they may not realize they actually have access to. Because it's one thing for me to give someone a reading and that's great and that can help, but I want them to leave changed. I want them to leave maybe going on their own journey of exploration of I wonder what else I can do, what else can um, come into my life, what else can manifest if I become available to what's within me. And that's the stuff I love because when people have their own experience, then it's turned on and then it just takes care of itself. It's then powerful. They know their own yeah. Powerful, it's awesome. Oh, say more, say more. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I could talk about this forever because I'm so, I'm so passionate right now about um, our relationship with the divine within and with, with the God within. Yes. And because I grew up religious, I used to go to Catholic school and then I grew up 
you know, heavily in the church. And I grew up with my grandmother. And I think that she, she was just doing what she was taught to do at that time. And I think she also felt like it might be good for me since we grew up in the Bronx. So at first I had this idea that God was outside of me and that I had to follow certain rules to be worthy, yes. to be loved. And then I, if I followed the rules and met the conditions, then I would be blessed with what I prayed for, with what I've been asking for. But if I didn't follow the rules or meet the conditions, then anything bad that happened to me was because I was a sinner and I wasn't worthy. And that took its toll on me. But when I became more spiritual and had my spiritual awakening, I started to recognize that I was already worthy because the spirit of the living creator, the living God lived within me as my soul and that I was a soul that had a body rather than the body that has a soul. Yeah. And that more I explored that relationship through meditation, exploring the relationship by working with my angels, taking mediumship courses over the years, and just really allowing myself to be isolated with me. Yes. I started to recognize that out of that relationship came everything that I was really looking for. And I, I also realized that spirit, this is a theory that I have, but I think it's, it's changing more to a belief that I have and a knowing. I believe that spirit really wants to have a relationship with us through our soul, because once we open up and become available to the soul self, and it begins to rise and express through us. It begins to inform our thoughts and form and impress itself on the mind. Then naturally we have expanded awareness, expanded intuition, inner transformation, miracle healings start to take place because we start to awaken to who we really are. And then our beliefs change and so our lives, our whole reality starts to reshape itself around us identifying as a soul being, as this infinite being that doesn't get sick, that, it, that has access to unlimited wealth and abundance and love and information and divine intelligence. Yes. And that can only come through the relationship from the source within us. And so I, I try to teach that first, but then what I do is I, I tell people that I demonstrate that power and I demonstrate that other people are a part of that power through my mediumship and through readings, because that's like, that's the proof behind the philosophy that I'm sharing or the teachings that I'm sharing. And um, in the past, I'll speak for myself. When I was growing up, in the church and I had so many questions about so many things, people would often say, or pastors would often say, well, it's just what the scripture says, or this is just how it is. Right. You have to believe that, you know? And, but when I started getting older and exploring my spirituality and really just going deep on my own personal walk with spirit, I realized my, I realized how, how mediumship, and psychic readings, soul readings were going to function in terms of my purpose and what I was here to contribute. Yeah. And so I, I try to teach people that 
mediumship, of course, your loved ones are alive, they've survived death, their personality is there, they're still growing, they're with you, they're watching over you. Yes. Now, put that over here, let's dig a little bit deeper. What allow, what's the power that allows the two worlds to come together? And the power that allows me as a medium to connect with other souls and connect with angels and to access information deep within someone's subconscious mind and understanding things that they may have suppressed. Yes. That power, they are a part of that power. And that power lives within them. And that power is seeking to express itself through them in some way, something that it came here to do, which we call purpose or our calling. And then, so the mediumship just supports those claims. The psychic readings supports those claims because, yes. you know, it's, it's, it's really love where it's love expressing itself, love in action. Yes. And, and what I, I, I'm so passionate about this, Jeffrey, because you know, spirituality is really super popular now. I love it. Yep. All these young kids and 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 older um, practitioners are on TikTok, on Instagram. But what I've been finding is missing is people are seeking the gifts of spirit. You know, they want their third eye to open. They want to channel. They want to see the future. They want to know: Is this my soulmate? Everybody wants to hurry up and get the oracle cards and the tarot cards. And I think that's great. But no one's talking about having a personal relationship. That connection. Oh, that connection, because it's the connection that actually drives everything. And, you know, I was young once. I'm still young, but I was younger once. And when I was using my gifts and doing readings, and I wasn't managing my relationship and I wasn't in alignment, my readings were, um, how can I say this? Were surface level readings. Yes. My readings really were just um, assisting people with navigating their physical surface life, but it wasn't bringing any deeper meaning to experiences that they were going through, to things that they had created. Right. When I focusing more on my relationship with source and the divine, that divine energy, that divine presence started to influence my readings in a way where instead of me speaking about an experience that someone had, I was helping them understand why they created it. I was helping yes. them to understand why they manifested it and how it was helping them heal something deeper within the soul on their journey and where spirit was guiding them. Oh. And so I, I do my best to always share these things because I think that, um, I think it's important. And I think that if you only, if, you, if we're only seeking what we can get out of spirit, but we're not seeking a relationship, then we run the risk of potentially misleading a lot of people, potentially, acting unethically with our gifts and we don't we lose sight of why we have these gifts in the first place yes this is just my truth but i I'll always like to put it out there and tell people marinate on it munch on it see what resonates yeah but i, I just know because i used to act unethically with my gifts 
And I didn't understand that they were there to help lead people back into themselves, back home, back to the light. Yeah. So once they, once that light was turned on within them, then they would have access to that information and the power to create the lives that they wanted, which was not my job. My job was just to be a way shower. Yes. And so I try to do in, in everything that I do, but I, I, and I'm sure you've seen it. I, I just think that it's, it's missing even with, um, I don't want to talk too much. No, no, no. Like, this is fantastic. You are, yeah. I've had chili bumps the entire you, time we've been talking. I mean, what are your thoughts on, you know, the relationship and all that? What do you think about it? I, I think it's, I think you're, I think you're spot on. I think you're absolutely spot on. And I completely understand what you mean by um, starting out and, and not fully grasping the depth of, of what that truly means. Being yeah. that 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 connection with the soul, with spirit, with that divine presence. Um, yeah. There's so I've had a lot of conversations with with people, um, teachers, psychics, mediums, um, where there's you know there's a misperception, I guess I want to say, with with psychics, um, or not not with psychics, but with the public towards psychics. The, the it's the it, the immediate um the immediate thought of crystal ball crystal ball tell me my future when am i going to get married when am i going to meet my soulmate when am i going to be a millionaire you know what i mean when am i going to find my um uh the house of my dreams the car whatever right and that's not what it's about psychic readings that's not i mean yeah some future stuff does come up it can come right. up. It's not impossible by any stretch, but that's not the point. What you were just totally, you dove right into it, talking about that deep, deep, the blocks that they might not even recognize that they have. Yeah. And, and being able to feel into those and sense what is going on and it could be trauma related from childhood it could right. be you know i mean i mean there's lots of we all experience that right but to, to be able to go in and really find those those deep-seated hurts the pains those blocks and 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 bring those up into the light without judgment yeah but to be able to show them why they've been struggling or experiencing these challenges or not being able to create the life they dream of. Right. And, and, and I mean, it's so empowering and that is what it's about. Yes. A thousand percent. And I'm going to just, cause I know we say we're just going to let things flow. And I, I, I feel like spirit is guiding me to go into this a little bit too. So with that same line of thinking, right, when someone doesn't understand that what they're experiencing in their reality is actually there to support them, to help them, and reflecting something from the subconscious, that there's a deeper meaning behind it, and that the reading can be used as a tool of empowerment and support. But what I also see happening just within the culture of spirituality is someone may be experiencing difficulty in their life and 
instead of maybe taking, seeing you or me or working with someone that can help them really go deeper, do the inner work, do the healing, receive the messages from spirit, and then work with that and, and go on on their journey, working with that and with spirit, they might be doing spell work. They might go see a practitioner of some type of magic or a metaphysician or an occultist because they don't like their experience or they're having difficulty with someone. So now they're getting spell work done. And again, when I talk about the culture of spirituality, there are practitioners that are extremely popular that have huge followings that are supporting these kinds of things. And yes, we're all on our journey, but for yeah. me, I try to educate people and I say, if you're, let's say you're in a relationship and it's difficult, difficult, maybe there's some unhealed trauma involved, or maybe it's karmic, because I totally believe in life path situations that come back up again to allow you to make a choice from a space of wholeness and empowerment. Yes, yes. Instead of taking that approach, you're doing, I'm using this term loosely, black magic yep. or some kind of left hand yep. stuff to make that person leave you alone or make that person act right or behave right or completely change a situation at work or with your neighbors to work out in your favor based on what your ego thinks, that actually makes things worse. And not only that, you don't really know what kind of energies you're working with and you're coming from a space of consciousness of um, fear yeah. and powerlessness. And so, you know, I always tell people, whatever you give out, you become a container to receive that yourself. And so I truly believe all things are always resolved in love, but you want to take an approach, an empowered approach to difficult situations rather than trying to find the quick fixes. And, and, and what I also noticed with our culture even with mediumship is people want a quick fix. They want to hear what they want to hear. And I, I just try to drill this into people's head. I'm like, there are no spiritual hacks. I right. don't care how many huge speakers that have millions of followers that are on national TV and all these things and they have fame. You still have to go back and reprocess those emotions through the nervous system go back and process the lessons, do the dirty work, face your shadow, so you can move into the light. So you can bring those things up that you are unaware of. You can't light a candle and, and, and now it's gone or keep saying, I'm gonna release what no longer serves me. This is the new moon. Yes. Things are better. You have to sit with it and you're gonna to have to feel it. Yeah. Some tears, say yep. a few. You know, whatever yeah. you need to express it mm -hmm. but um you still have to go through it and so there's a bit of a even though there's expansion within the spiritual community there's a learning curve i think because things are happening so fast and yeah. we live in a microwave i want it now culture and so i just try to do my part to educate people and those that are meant to hear me will hear me and those that won't will learn the lessons and they'll circle back around and eventually I think they will they'll get it so yeah 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 oh Samon this is amazing wow um 
uh, okay. You know, I love everything you're saying is just pinging everything on my insides. When did you come into your experiences with spirit, recognizing your connection, your spiritual senses? Did it happen as a child? Have you been living with this your whole life? Or is this a later in life, like around the Doreen period that just kind of like made you aware of them? Or is it a lifelong experience with the with spirit, I guess is what I want to ask. You know, I never really sat and thought about it. I normally would respond with the moment that I was going to commit suicide. Oh. When I was younger, growing up, I did have experiences that I couldn't explain. Um, I think I just posted about having an experience where I thought I was going to get kidnapped and these nuns showed up from out of nowhere. They walked me home. I read that I today. Yeah, I turned around and they were gone, right? So I've, I've had experiences. That's one experience. I've had other experiences where I've gone into churches. Now, of course, I grew up in the Bronx, but then we moved to the deep south in West Virginia. And in the deep south in West Virginia, a lot of these, like, I, I say backwood tent revival churches where they're, like, speaking in tongues and they're catching the Holy Ghost and they're anointing people and praying over people with olive oil, and yes. they're, they call it prophesying, but really they're giving readings. I grew up around that. Okay. So I've seen some, some beautiful, miraculous moves of spirit in those environments. And in, but also in those environments, at a really young age, prophets would say things to me that I never really understood. And it honestly didn't click until recently when spirit was reminding me of things that happened in my past that was um, really messages. So preachers and, and pastors would always say I had this prophetic anointing on my life. Ah. Right? Um, from when I was a kid, when I was older, and then my grandmother would say things to me like I was born with a veil. Now, I didn't really know what that meant until I looked it up later. But there's something called being born with a call, C-A-U-L. And I guess it's where the amniotic sac, when the baby's born, is still on the baby's face. And it means it's a sign or a prophecy that you are born with second sight. Oh, my goodness. And, and there's, there's this, like, whole thing around being born with the call. There's websites and societies and groups. And so I had all these things that happened. And I had experiences growing up, like, I would always see shadows sense things, sense smells, have dreams, but I didn't really associate it with me being spiritually um, a medium or gifted or anything like that. But also with that, I grew up in a household where my grandmother freely talked about um, energy and working with herbs and working with things that um, would align more with like hoodoo types of beliefs and then she would tell me about her grandmother, who she said was a shaman and would go in the woods and speak to the animals and speak wow. to the trees, healings. And um, so all of that was kind of like laid the groundwork. But when I was in my early 20s, um, I went through a deep depression and I was going to commit suicide. I knew that I was going to take my life. I was yep. sure. 
And, but then I thought, well, wait a minute, before I do this, let me just make sure just in case. And I, after crying and cursing at God and yelling, I said, you better show me that you're real now. Like right now, I don't want to hear a voice in my head telling me everything's going to be okay. Your love, like I'm not, I don't care about the voices. I need like something concrete because if that doesn't happen, then it means you're not real. And if you're not real, then I'm off the hook if I take my life. And I was thinking that way because my suffering was so great. Yeah. It was the only logical thing that made sense. And that's something people don't understand when you're wanting to commit suicide, you're not thinking rationally. You're just thinking, I don't want to hurt anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah. Been there. Uh, The episode that just dropped today, I talked about my, my experience where I almost took my life in 1995. I get it. Yeah. And so, and that's your only like choice. You're just thinking, this is the only thing that nothing else is going to help me to not feel. And I remember crying and I wasn't crying because I was hurt because I had already cried already because I was hurt. I was crying because I was I knew that I was going to go through with it. And I think I was crying for myself. Yes. And I remember putting my head down. I had this desk. I had an air mattress that I slept on in college. It was all I could afford. And I had my head down on my desk and I was just crying. And then all of a sudden, something got my attention in the room, but it was like a peaceful, powerful presence that entered the room and the atmosphere changed in my room. And I remember getting up and I turned around and my door was behind me and I was just looking around and I looked at the door and I kept saying, who's here? Who's with me? And I was just looking around and in my mind, I kept thinking the word, but I wasn't thinking it. It was like something was thinking it for me, Jesus over and over. And it just kept getting intense and it kept getting louder and louder and louder. Like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And that's all my mind was consumed with that word. And I was looking at the door and then I saw this etheric image standing there. I didn't see who it was, but I saw something there like an invisible person. And it walked over to me. And I remember feeling something press right here into my chest. And then it felt like a vacuum was just sucking out all the negativity, all the pain, all of those emotions. And maybe a minute or so later, I kind of sat there. I never really went to this story in detail. I remember sitting there and just thinking what just happened. And it felt like what I was just experiencing was a memory. And I was trying to figure out why I was so upset. And I picked up the phone. I called my grandmother. I told her what happened. And I said, Ma, you know, I was just about to take my life. And I was crying and I was cursing at God. And Jesus is here. And this is what happened. She was like, you know, baby, are you okay? Is everything okay? I said, I'm fine. I said, but I don't like it's gone. She was like, well, talk to Jesus and just listen to him and let him help you. And then I said, okay, I'm going to hang up and I'm going to talk to him. And I hung up the phone. And I just remember laying down after that. I don't know if he told me that I needed to lay down. I remember laying down, turned off the lights, and I passed out. And what woke me was I heard these bells ringing, 
like sleigh bells ringing. And I woke up and I sat up in my bed, was sat up on the air mattress. And what I saw was like this shadow come down, like a pillar come down. And then it's, it opened up, like these wings opened up, huge wings. And the shadow stood as tall as the, the ceiling. And it was this big angel. I knew that it was an angel. I knew that it was an angel when I saw it, but I could feel its presence. And then I saw another shadow like come down next to it, like in Star Trek when they're getting beamed down. Yeah, yeah. And, but this figure didn't have any wings. And within like a, a moment, I knew it was my mother. Like right as soon as that figure came down and landed, I just knew I could feel that it was my mother. And I remember crying. Uh, I was just, I mean, I love you. I miss you. I need you to be with me. And I've been in so much pain since you died. She died when I was 14. And so she had been dead about maybe seven years. And I was like 20, 21 at the time, 21, 22-ish. And I just remember crying and telling her how much I needed her. And um, I felt her come next to me and I saw the shadow come next to me. And she just told me to lay down and I laid down and she was sitting next to me and I was just crying and just telling her everything that I had been doing in my life at the time to mitigate my own pain, which was extremely toxic and dysfunctional. Yeah. You, while trying to finish my last semester of college, and I just asked her to stay with me. And I asked her if she could just rub the side of my head like she used to do when I was a kid. I used to lay in my mother's Aww. lap, just rub like the side of my head. And I always felt so safe and so loved. And I started feeling like this electric, vibrational, just tingly sensations all up and down the side of my cheek. And I just laid there for a little bit. And I heard her in my mind say, everything was gonna be okay. And then she said, don't be afraid. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to be afraid, but I'm like, what's about to happen? And she said, I want you to turn on your side. So I turned on my side and I felt something poke the base of my spine, but it wasn't like a prick, like a needle. It was more energetic. And it went into the base of my spine and then it started going up my spine. It went up to the crown of my head to my forehead, to my third eye, and then to my throat. And what I didn't mention was because I hadn't been eating and I was just doing so much, I developed a really bad throat infection, which I would get often, but this time it was really bad. And I was going to the doctor the next day. So I felt all this electric energy in my throat. And I, when I say bad, I had like pus pockets. You could oh. see blood. It was just horrible. Ouch. I felt all of that in my throat and then it expanded through my body and I felt electricity all over my body. Then I passed out and I wake up the next day. I go to the bathroom. I'm using, doing what I need to do. Uh -huh. I go to the mirror and I'm washing my hands and I'm looking in the mirror and I look in my own eyes and I'm like, and I literally said out loud, I was like, who's in there? <laughs> Because I didn't recognize my own reflection. But I really felt like I was like, who is in there? 
And I'm in the mirror, like doing this, like looking at my eyes. And I heard this voice say hi. My gosh. Now, at the time, it kind of freaked me out because I thought, is there somebody in me that's not supposed to be there? Like, am I possessed? Yeah. But it was, it was my soul. It was me. It was the real me. Yeah. And so as I'm standing there looking, then the voice said, open up your mouth and look at your throat. So I opened up my mouth. I look at my throat and it's completely healed. No infection, no blood, no pus pockets, no anything. A hundred percent gone. Wow. Bear on a stack of crystals. <laughs> well, I know and, that's real then. <laughs> yeah, gone. Wow. I get dressed. I remember opening the door and I hear all these ravens. The trees were filled. It was almost like every branch was filled with ravens. And they were just like squawking and yelling, almost like they were singing in unison. Oh my but gosh. It they were applauding me, like they were congratulating me, like a huge crowd, like I had won something. And where I lived at, at the time, I'd never seen a crow, never seen a blackbird, a raven, anything. And on this day, when I opened the door, they were everywhere. And when I stepped outside, I remember looking at the trees and the trees just felt alive to me. They felt more vibrant. I could see them and sense them and everything was brighter, more vivid. Everything was more colorful, more richer. Wow. And when everything started after that, when I would go to the gym, I could feel things. When I would pick up the weights, if someone walked by me, I would see things. If I was at school in a class, Someone's loved one would speak to me or I would hear voices tell me things to tell the person or to tell the teacher. Um, and then when I would come home, initially, there'd always be an angel in my room and they would say, OK, it's time to meditate. And so I would meditate and they would take me on these journeys and I would go to angelic realms and talk to other beings and fairies would come to me in my room and different. You know, I didn't know what an ascended master was, but. Right. Different beings that I now knew were ascended masters, like King Solomon and Saint Germain, and yes, and Mary, and and different archangels. Yes, and I didn't know then that I was kind of getting my chops with really sitting with spirit and developing. But they started talking to me about there being more to life than the physical world, and that I had this purpose, and we all had angels, and that I was here to do important work. Yes, and it was fun for a while, maybe a couple of months, I was meditating every day with, with angels and sitting and I would only buy white candles, gardenia candles. And you know, gardenias help really open up the atmosphere to bring in angelic energy and yes. divine feminine and white candles. So I would always do that. And, but then after a while, I remember thinking, I might be psychic, I might be, I don't know yet, and I just said a prayer to God. I said, you know, God, spirit, whatever is helping me and, and has protected me, if you help me to master my gifts and master my learning and understanding, I promise I'll live a life of service. Wow. And, and that 
You know, I said that then I didn't know what I was really saying yeah. and asking for. Yeah. But, you know, that's when everything really started. And so in the beginning, I didn't have any teachers for years. Um, for the first seven or eight years, it was just angels teaching me and spirit guides teaching me and then spirits coming to me and talking to me and then me trying to figure out where that all fit into my life as the at the time as a young gay man, you know, still trying to explore my own identity, dating, being in the gay community, you know, doing things as a young 20 something year old, right. Mm, in West yep. Hollywood. Yep. So it was just so much going on, but it was all a part of my learning and my development and understanding, um, which informs a lot of how I share messages with people. But then eventually I found um, my way to San Francisco and then I met, met a guy. We ended up being together. This is the person I live with in the Valley. And this is how beautiful spirit works. Then I meet this guy. He knew that I was spiritual. He got me a Reiki session with the Reiki healer that he had worked with. This Reiki healer gave me a session and then gave me a reading at the end of the healing session and she talked a lot about my life, about my trauma, my spiritual awakening, and, and also supported me in, in understanding that I had a purpose and a calling. And then she sent me to a school that I started going to in San Rafael called the Foundation for Spiritual Development. Yep. She later became my Reiki master, my Reiki teacher, and helped me to become a Reiki master. And then she said to me years later, maybe five or six years later, she said, you know, I think you're ready to hear this. She said, when I first met you and I did your Reiki treatment, you weren't ready to hear this then, but I knew you before I met you. And she told me that some years prior, right around the same time that I had had my spiritual awakening, she was in Kauai going into deep meditation with her Reiki and, and her energy and opening up to spirit to just be led on, you know, who she was going to help and what she was going to do. And she said, spirit showed her, showed her a bunch of people's faces. And one of the faces she saw was mine. Oh. And when she told me that I started tearing up and I started crying, oh. it started connecting the dots. And I thought, wait a minute, when I was going through my darkest time, you were being shown my face. Yeah. And years later we met. So that really means that we all are really being divinely guided and there's things going on behind the scenes and that I'm on the right path and that I, I am loved and that it just answered a lot of questions that I had. And even when I think about it now, it makes me emotional because oh. there really is a divine plan completely for all of us. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I did those classes. I became a Reiki master. I did Doreen's yeah. um, course. And just, you know, over the years, I was working with the angels in the beginning and I was yep. a little bougie, arrogant, I think. <laughs> I think we all do because I was like, well, I work with angels. I work with archangels and ascended masters and Jesus and St. Yeah. Germain. I'm not a medium. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't yep. just, right. <laughs> but it was it was my own insecurity. And, yes. and but, you know, spirit was like, OK, well, we're going to show you. Yeah. And then over the years, mediumship kept coming in, but I kept rejecting it. 
And then eventually I just surrendered to it. And um, what happened was, and I know you asked me if there was a reading that really had an impact on my life. Um, I knew that I was supposed to help people and I knew that I worked with angels and I was really great with that. I didn't want to do anything with mediumship. And I think my judgment was really my own insecurity and just really not understanding that the, the gift of mediumship is just as powerful and can have just um, a great of an impact as a message from an angel that because it's all coming from the divine and it yeah. really is about what are the needs of the soul and what are all the modalities can, that can facilitate those needs for spirit to move through. Um, so I was, I lived in Australia at the time and I was doing angel readings. That's all I did. But there was a woman that came to me, an older woman, she had to be in her eighties and someone from the front desk came to get me and they said, you know, this woman wants a mediumship reading, but she wants to, to read with you. And I looked at her, I was like, hi, you know, I only do angel readings, but there's other mediums that are here that you can get a reading with and they'll be able to help you. She was like, no. I want you, I'm supposed to be with you. Oh. And I was okay. Um, I said, so I work with angels, but maybe I can ask the angels to bring in your loved ones and we can do it that way. And so she came in and we sat down and I said a prayer and I was really nervous because this just was not my field of expertise. And I just said to the angels, I said, you know, if you could bring through her loved ones and help me to share those messages, um, please. Thank you. I love you. I, yes. I appreciate it and all that. <laughs> and so I started talking to her. I brought through her husband and I started giving her information, details about them going to grade school together, dating in high school. Going, and I remember all the details to this day, yeah. going to the carnival, how he would win prizes for her. He was so romantic and so gentle. And he served in um, the military and he would send her postcards. And my eyes were closed because I couldn't do readings at the time with my eyes open, so it always shut my eyes. Yeah. And I just kept sharing all this information. And I felt all this love in me for her. Yeah. By the time I finished and I opened my eyes, she was sobbing, she was crying, but they were like tears of joy. Yes. And she thanked me, she thanked me and I, what I noticed also was her demeanor changed. When she came in, she was kind of, um, you know, cause you can tell people that are grieving, yeah. they just have a way that they stand and the way that their shoulders are. And there's, I don't want to say there's a darkness, but their aura isn't as bright and shiny as it could be. It totally. Mm -hmm. Everything changed. She was shining. She was sitting up straight. Her back was straight. She looked rejuvenated and renewed and that was when i knew of the power of spirit to move through mediumship and i knew that maybe i might be a medium maybe i need to open up to that part of me yeah and it really had a huge impact on my life because i remember i will never and i told her i said i'm never gonna forget this yes as i live and and i asked her i was like why did you come to me like i'm all the signs say angel readings. She said, because spirit told me that you needed this as much as I needed it. Oh. Wow. Thank you again for listening to the Something Super Spiritual Podcast. 
If you know someone who would enjoy this episode, please do share it with a friend. For show notes, links, and to purchase a mediumship reading, my website is somethingsuperspiritual.com. You can also easily subscribe and follow the show on your favorite app, sign up for my newsletter for bonus content, and to keep the conversation going, you can easily join the Facebook community. It's all right there at the website, somethingsuperspiritual.com. Signing off for now, namaste. Namaste.